Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is a little bit of a review of something with which you might not be familiar, but you should be, and that is the Washington Conference on Aging. It takes place about every 10 years, and let me explain what it does for you and what you could do for it. The very first time that the Washington Conference on Aging took place was 1961. There were conferences in 1971, 81, 95, 2005, and 2015. That's the one that I attended. The president was President Obama, and I'll tell you all about it in a moment. This particular conference was really engendered by the Older Americans Act, and that's legislation, congressional legislation. And so the format for those conferences until 2015 really was set by the legislature, and it was pretty formal. People were determined as to who should be there, who should not be there, who would be invited. It was not a free-for-all of public opinion. But what it did throughout the years, starting in 1961, was set the forward agenda, or what the government called the advanced agenda, on what we're thinking about when it comes to aging legislation. But something changed in 2015, and that's what I want to let you know about. The Older Americans Act was not reenacted. Now, it has been, but it wasn't at that time. And therefore, there was no way, there was no vehicle for the legislature to create the pro forma protocol for the conference. Would there be a conference? Well, that was up to the president. And in this case, the executive branch, President Obama, decided, yes, there should be a conference, and the executive branch would create the protocol because it was no longer in the hands of the legislature. So President Obama did something very interesting. He held six or seven town halls in places like Boston and Colorado to hear what the folks thought should be determined and discussed at the conference. He also opened the door to several types of journalists like me, that might not have been invited under stricter legislative rules. And because I was a New York Times age boom fellow, I was invited along with several other journalists of big newspapers and television and radio. Along with us came 225 other delegates from all walks of life that dealt with aging. Not only were they nonprofits that you would expect, like the AARP and the National Council on Aging, but also invited was the private sector. And guess who was specifically invited? Uber and Airbnb. Why? Because the sharing economy was extremely important to the boomer. Sharing rides, sharing houses, sharing travel. These are all the types of things that would allow us to live better as we got older. And there were plenty of businesses that were adding to the gross national product of our, com of our country by being part of the sharing economy. And the next, the next conference for the aging will take place in 2025. Who will be president? Well, we don't know. How will it be formatted by the legislature? Well, we don't know. But let me tell you in 2015 exactly what happened and let you be a fly on the wall at this conference. There were four agendas set. 
In this case, it was the executive branch, President Obama's group, that did so. One was retirement security. And, of course, the big question was, would Social Security be there? I'll give you the bottom line in a moment. The second was healthy aging. What was this country going to do so that there was age equality in terms of health care? And you know, of course, that President Obama had the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, and that was all part of the discussion. Then there were the long-term services and supports. What happens when communities disintegrate, when families are far away, people are living longer? Well, the Older Americans Act remained a priority, and there was certainly a discussion about making sure that it would continue, even though it was on hiatus at the moment. And finally, an area that had rarely been discussed in prior conferences for the aging, and that was elder justice, scams, elder abuse, etc. So let me tell you how some of those things played out and what you can do about the future of the Washington Conference for the Aging. With regard to Social Security, as I mentioned in our book, uh, The um, Retirement Income Explosion, Social Security is not on the firmest of footing because of how long we are living. Longevity itself requires that more checks go out to more people for a longer period of time. And fewer and fewer folks are paying into the system. This is something that President Obama had to address, and here are his words. For everyone already in the system, that means people who are already collecting Social Security, there is complete security until the year 2043. Now, uh, in 2020, for those of you who expect to live another 23 years, and remember our expectations of living longer to 90 are pretty good, So even if in your 70s, you may be concerned about Social Security running out. If you're in your 60s, you'd be very concerned. If you're a young person like my kids, age 27 and 37, you don't think you're going to have it in the first place. Well, the fact is that the discussions had to do with creating full Social Security checks later and later in life. That was one alternative. Taxing Social Security more for those who are continued to work even though we are working longer in years, into the 70s and even the 80s, and possibly means testing it, meaning if people have greater wealth, it might cut down on their Social Security. The last one being the least palatable politically of any of the choices. Nevertheless, we can sit back and we can feel that the kind of Social Security we're receiving, particularly if we are already in our retirement collecting years is fairly safe until the year 2043. That does not mean that there's no problem. Only a year later, in 2016, the Social Security Fund for certain recipients was already used up. The people got their money, but they didn't get it from the Social Security Trust Fund. They got it from the general obligations of the United States government. In other words, our usual treasury. So, We're hoping for some genius to come along and make the right decisions about making sure Social Security is secure and putting the security back into the system. The second thing was social justice. Social justice did make a change. 
for most scams, for most injuries, and even for financial abuse by a family member to an elder, in addition to physical abuse, it's the local government that is in charge, the state and the state court system, but no longer. Certain aspects of crimes against the elderly are now federal crimes, very much like hate crimes can be. And one can be federally prosecuted by the Attorney General's Office of the United States of America. So that was certainly a change, a refocusing on the importance and the incredible numbers of scams, physical and financial abuse uh, for elderly folks. The third, as we mentioned, was understanding the sharing economy. Well, it certainly didn't go away. Five years later, some of the biggest companies around are the sharing economy companies. Uh, Airbnb and Uber have competition, perhaps unexpected, but they are definitely flourishing. And finally, healthcare. We do not have a great record when it comes to longevity healthcare. What do I mean by that? The United States spends actually more money per person, per capita, on healthcare than most other first world countries, and far more than second and third world countries. But our track record isn't good. The amount of extra years healthy that we have for the amount of money we spend does not put us at the top of the list. We're just not at the top of the list for the amount of money it costs us to prolong lives in a healthy way. Part of it has to do with how little of that money goes for prevention. Part of it has to do, believe it or not, with our own health habits because we are not a thin, lean nation. We are an obese nation, and that's getting worse and worse. And also part of it has to do with how much our pharmaceutical companies need to spend to create innovation. And so it is simply easier for them to go to other countries to innovate. We are making that better all the time. I personally have attended meetings at the United Nations where this issue has come up. I personally have spoken to groups like Aging Analytics that are giving the analytics to the folks in Washington, D.C. so that they can focus on the fact that we're not getting value for our money many, many times. But what can we do about it? What can you do about it? What can I do about it? What can our book, The Retirement Income Explosion, do about it? Well, two things. First of all, we can write to our congressmen. We can tell them that we do care about what's going to happen in 2025 at the Washington Conference on Aging. We can tell them we know it exists. We want to hear what the next administration has to say about advanced issues of aging. We're watching them. We see you. They will respond. The second thing we can do is we can tell the media. If you listen to a podcast, if you read a book, if you read a magazine, if you watch television or streaming TV or YouTube channels that have anything to do with health, with aging, with personal finance, with elder law, 
or any of the topics that might be covered in uh, the Washington Conference on Aging. You can let the editors and producers know that you care about what's going on there and that they should cover it. I wager that very few people listening to me now have ever even heard of the conference. And despite the amount of uh, work that the Obama administration did and other administrations did to promote that conference and to let people know about it, there was very little coverage. I can tell you that from firsthand knowledge. I was there behind the cameras watching to see how many journalists took up the invitation to come to the conference and compared to many, many other types of conferences I've attended of lesser stature, of less meaning, of less impact on the American public, there were very few journalists covering this. It was quite under the radar. So you let your congressman, your senator, your favorite broadcaster know that you are watching what's going on. And believe me, between now and 2025, they too will be watching, caring, and looking at it. So believe it or not, I'm raising your consciousness so you can raise theirs. 